Blog Talk Radio. You're searching for something whole, cause what you seek realize. You're watching this world unfold, the truth beneath the lies. Rekindling what's been sold, the need to free one's mind. Uncover the truth exposed, so people see the light. Let's get it down so we can know. It's simple, we just break it down to little bits so we can process all. Make the switch to elevate yourself to conscious mode. And it's beneficial, we can get this concept broke. And get the future generations who want to stop the whole thing. With the message demonstrating, we can start opposing. Taking in, assimilating, getting lots of knowledge. Breaking up the population, trying to stop hypnosis. Trinidad Radio's coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands. Coming from the perspective of complete freedom. Coming from wisdom outside the system and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept in the truth. So Trinidad Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole, cause what you see real life. You're watching this world unfold, the truth beneath the lies. Rekindling what's been stole, the need to free one's mind. Uncover the truth exposed, so people see the light. Let's shut it down so we can know. It's simple, we just break it down a little bit so we can process all. Make the switch to elevate yourself to conscious mode. And it's beneficial, we can get this kind of growth. And get the future generators want to start the whole thing. With the message in this city, we can start a post. Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers. Waking up the population, try to stop hypnosis. This is Chanting Down Radio, and we're chanting it down here and getting out of hypnosis. We're taking people beyond the hypnotic trance so we can see the truth and become people that actually have a viewpoint that matters. And welcome to Chanting Down Radio. I'm your host, Loomis, and this is episode 91. This is Preparednoid Part 2. So this is part two of a two-part series that I've been – I started last episode that I've um, been going over basically the, the, um, the way to prepare yourself for the world ahead, the, the times ahead, and not only the times ahead, to always be prepared. And so um, this one is uh, just a, a step up, a notch up from last episode. So uh, I will be getting into that. And um, – this this is this is uh, uh, a random show, and that's just kind of how it's gonna be till I get a set schedule. I say that all the time, so what you're used to it. But anyway, I, I just want to you know let you know that probably just one more episode, and I won't be on the air for a little while as I move into a new place, and that's gonna take time and re re uh, organizing life and and scheduling and all that. So. Anyway, keeping up with Shannon Down Radio, but getting closer to being finished with this website um, for all of you to be able to have go to the home of Shannon Down Radio finally, and that'll be good. And uh, so <clears throat> that'll that'll be uh, soon soon enough. So yeah, Shannon um, Down Radio will have a home, and I can't wait to be able to give that to all of you who listen. And thank you for all of you who listen. I appreciate it. I have had a good spike in um, listenership lately. I I really uh, am happy to see that and keep spreading the word because um, it's not about me. 
it's not a pop, about popularity. I could care less about popularity. What it is, it's about people knowing this information, and that's what's important to me. Because, um, it, you know, for me, being someone who's held this information in for a long time and not being able to do much with it, finally I got a radio show and I was able to do something with it. And being able to just give it out, I want to be able to give it out to people that take it and do something with it. And, and it helps you and it, and, it, and it gives you value. So, yeah, and if <clears throat> you really do enjoy the show, then um, and if you're uh, not aware, before I was spreading the word on a radio show, I was doing it lyrically uh, with music. So if you would like to uh, support me as an artist, then um, buy an album. People beyond this at gmail.com. Go to PayPal and it's eleven dollars. So you know if you want to, you know, want to get an album and help me, and I think you'll enjoy it. Most people really like the album because puts all this in a lyrical form and it, and it's uh, more fun that way sometimes. And, uh, you know, if you want, feel, feel free to write me anytime at that email address. Also people beyond this at gmail.com. You can write me and, and, uh, tell me how you feel. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for you. And I, I do occasionally do these, um, answering email questions episodes, uh, on air. That's kind of fun to do. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Excuse me. So that'll be um the coming up things on Channel Down Radio. So uh look forward to the future and, and uh enjoy what we got right going on right now. So this is episode ninety one, Channel Down Radio, and we are and you know, almost up to a hundred actually, so pretty pretty good here. Uh and so this one you know let me just get some stuff off my chest and like I say, I want my episodes to be timeless, so in the future, if you're listening to this in the future, then maybe some of this stuff will be outdated, but not the main topics. I always keep my main topics, almost always, about stuff that you can use anytime, not just about current events. I'm not really a current event guy. I like to give you stuff that actually matters for a long time, that you can always find value in. So that will be coming up here. Some things off my chest, because... I'm feeling, you know, a little riled up and just needing to drop stuff, as I always do and rant anyway, so you're used to it. But, yeah, uh, America has become a nation of crazy people. Yeah, and I know. I've said this before. Nothing new. And, you know, um, it, it's just what's uh, been going on. And But now it's it's sort of upgraded to a new level. I mean, you you want to know what mind control looks like? Well, just look at what everyone's doing. That's what that's what mind control is. I mean, we don't live in a sane society. We never did. We never did live in a sane society, at least in my lifetime. And it has become more insane as it progresses. I mean, you know, a good example is sane people wouldn't even consider people who have the dirty backgrounds of of Hillary and Trump as leaders, you know, same people wouldn't do that. They'd be like, what? You know, someone accused of raping multiple women and has a dirty mouth and everything, you know, uh, or a lady who lies about everything, covers up her scandals, deletes emails, you know, supports some of the worst atrocities behind the scenes. I mean, ask Kathy O'Brien, the author, you know, the, 
read her books. You'll, you'll see what I'm saying. And, and, you know, both are bad. Yeah. Well, why, why would you pick the lesser of two evils of whatever side you see more evil, you know, whatever, you know, if you're listening and you're on, you're taken by all this evil at all. You know, a sane, a sane population would not pick evil at all. I mean, in, in the fifties, can you imagine them passing as candidates? You know, people, people just wouldn't have voted for them. You know, they hadn't seen evil like that yet in leaders. I mean, I'm not saying that people weren't that evil. I'm not saying that presidents and government weren't dirty then or that that type of stuff didn't go on, but um, it's out in the open, you know, and uh, not saying that presidents and government were ever dirty. They've always been dirty, and that, that this is just the, the way that um, – and this is the way it's really always been. I mean, if you look at, at – um, you know, they found – bodies of children underneath Benjamin Franklin's uh, house in, in England, you know? I mean, yeah, the stuff's been going on like this for a long time. But, um, I mean, so we don't live in a sane society. I mean, and then again, I mean, it's real sane people anyway wouldn't vote to have a leader. That That's how far off track society is. That's how way off people are. To vote to even want a leader that's how degraded people are. And, of course, that's been for many thousands of years, you know. But, yeah, people still want their slavery, and that's the way it is. It's crazy. But, um, I mean, that's it. It's crazy. Going to work every day is insane. Paying to, to, to survive every day, that's insane. That's really insane. This, of course, is just is not just America. I mean, this is everywhere practically in the world to pay to exist. So I'm I'm talking about the entire existence of people on planet Earth is insane today, you know. I mean, people like me who are considered fringe because I talk about this kind of stuff are considered nuts or extremists. But I always have to pull away from regular people and remember how crazy they are and remember that, hey, wait a minute, I'm okay. Look, it, the world's crazy. I mean, we are born into a world telling us, what to think, how to act, what we can and can't do. When we are told when to to eat, uh, and our lives are segmented into these schedules where we we gotta go to work and get busy and and come home and, and you know and free humans who have been told we have to work and and we can be uh, free for these short segments. <laughs> you know that's what that's what it is. And I, I, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Wherever you look, it's crazy, and it's crazier than ever. I mean, I, I, I sit, sat down to watch a movie at the theater last week, and uh, I saw the movie Arrival. I thought it would be interesting to see what they're pushing out with this one. And actually, it was really not that bad of a movie. Uh, it's probably not what you're expecting. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, I mean, as far as like, you know, it's not. It's not Independence Day, and and uh, it's it's an interesting movie, uh, but maybe not for everybody. But anyway, not about the movie here. <clears throat> I sat down to watch a movie, and at the uh, previews before, um, a commercial from the Air Force caught me. I was and I was turning off my phone at that time, so it was you know just kind of, and then I heard, and then I lifted my head, and uh, a fighter jet flies out of a massive cloud of 
of chemtrails and just nasty looking chemtrail clouds. And the voiceover says, something special brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. And, and I was just like, you know, I was just thinking, I was just laughing. And I mean, they're having a laugh, you know? And so I'm, I'm like looking around at this movie theater and I know my community pretty well to make a pretty good assessment that nobody in that theater even had a clue of what I was thinking right there. And, you know, and yeah, they're they're giving us something special, all right? A, a special cocktail of metals and fibers to control it, the weather, you, uh, planet Earth. I mean, the, this whole issue takes a back seat while people are worried about things like the elections, you know? And uh, yeah, well, listen to my series of shows, The Real Skyfall, which I always, always like to remind people on this show. This is one of the biggest things happening on planet Earth. While we're all busy at work every day, or people are all busy about doing um, all the other things, uh, like worried about the election, you're being sprayed like a roach. You're being poisoned. Does that – do people care? No. That's how crazy the world is. We live in a crazy world. And, and once you know uh, what's really going on, then you realize that normal is crazy, and just about everybody has been had. And so um, – Regular life is crazy. That's the real problem. And how crazy is it that we're so isolated from each other all, all day? You know, everything that we do is isolated from uh, feelings and and uh, everything. Um, and so, it, not just just isolated from everybody's isolated from each other. You know, everybody comes home from a different perspective. I mean, here. For example, like let's let's just give a little example here. Like John and Mary, let's make up are, are driving, you know, and John and Mary Smith, and they're they're late they're late to dinner plans because John lost his wallet and Mary is annoyed with him and it's it's Mary's friends and she doesn't want to look bad showing up late. She's all upset, and then John got his wallet pickpocketed, but he doesn't know, so it's not really his fault. So they don't understand each other, and they're fighting, you know. And then, so she thinks he's an idiot because he lost his wallet, and he doesn't know where it went because he got pickpocketed. Then let's say you have uh, Frank. Frank. Frank's in another car. He just got home from work, and his and his cat gets hit by a car, and he has to put the cat in a kennel and you know hurry up and go to the emergency room. So Frank has to drive slow because he doesn't want to hit bumps. His cat's going crazy in the back seat, meowing. And uh, John and Mary are behind Frank. They're all pissed off already with each other. Now they're pissed off at Frank and why he's driving so careful and and slow. So then let's say John passes by him and flips him off. And, you know, nobody understands each other. You know, isolation. See, that's it. Everybody's isolated. And, um, you know, situations like that happen daily where people aren't able to communicate. So it's a lack of proper communication in civilization. People don't communicate correctly, you know? And so we run around in isolation. This is a worldwide problem. But let's let's make that situation a little crazier. Let's add in the fact that in America, nobody has any respect for each other anymore, which I've gone over many times, more so than other countries. People are ready to just hate each other. They can't wait to just lash out, you know? And, you know, let's say Frank had a bumper sticker 
of the opposite political party on his car. And, you know, let's say he has a Trump sticker and, and John and Mary Smith voted Hillary. And so then they even be more pissed at him, you know. This is the madness right now. This is the madness. And it, it's like it's like all the, the pharmaceuticals and people and all the TV, TV programming is finally catching up with the masses to where, I mean, the chemicals and the food and the water and the chemtrails and, the, and everything is finally really just taking effect because people are dumber than ever and people are more fool than ever and they're emotionally involved in a stupid election that they don't even have any choices in. And it's just bullshit. And, you know, and yeah. And as I I continue to say, they they want you caught up on one side or the other. And that's really everything, not just this this current election, this current madness. That's everything, you know. As long as you have a belief system that doesn't allow you to be open and see something of – to see beyond and be able to be a person beyond uh, and to be able to see the truth, that's where they want you. They want you in some staunch belief system, whether you believe heavily in science or heavily in Christianity or heavily in, in Buddhism or heavily in New Age or whatever, they want you in a system of beliefs that keeps you trapped from seeing the truth. And the system doesn't want us to sit down and have proper conversations. Um, I hate mainstream media, of course, but I, I sat through an interview with Van Jones, the political activist, who uh, he, he sits down with a family of Trump supporters. I, I imagine it's probably a pretty popular video. I don't, I don't really know. You know? I, I don't give a shit. But it is more than likely a popular video, probably because it was on mainstream media. Uh, mainstream media, uh, but they listen to each other, so they talk down and listen to each other. And to me, I mean, they're all crazy. But what I found interesting was that they took the time to listen to each other, and it felt kind of good to see that, you know. But okay, so the truth is the truth. When when people have partial truths. They have good points, you know, and so you could say both sides really have good points because both sides have bits of partial truths, and so they stand behind those bits of partial truths because they know that that's truth, but partial. So the reason why so many people support Trump is because he said things that people were afraid to say. I mean, he read his mouth. He made sure to grab real issues like working class whites struggling to make it. And, you know, since the 2008 meltdown, things have changed where it's not just, it's not just uh, poor minorities struggling. Everybody's struggling. But it's, but it's been even before that, really. You know, it's hard to make it no matter who you are. And so everybody can relate to that. But, um, you know, um, Trump listened to, to people, and he listened so he could appeal to the people that he could, you know, try to get on that side of things. And, and, there, and you know, things like, I mean, there is trouble with immigration. So he said it, right? I mean, there is problems with it, sure. But 
I mean, the truth is all Western countries are dealing with these troubles because they're working for the same global elite that want to flood people into domestic populations so they can drown out the national identity so that there's less of a resistance against a global government. So when, you know, finally things go to that, there will be not much of a um, patriotic population of the original population. So there is that, and that's happening in all the Western countries. Go to the UK, go to Australia, New Zealand, a lot of the European countries, you see that. And it is a problem when immigration becomes a problem when a culture goes to another place that has a host culture, and the host culture is already there, and the, the people that come in try to change what's there, that's when there's trouble because that's really disrespectful. Even if both cultures are really wrong in in nature, and really, here's the real wrong with all that. Just going off a little bit on a rant, another rant, but is uh, that there shouldn't be borders. There shouldn't be countries and imaginary lines where you can and cannot go. So really, you know, that's more the root of the problem anyway. But I mean, you know, anyway, back. I mean. So Trump, he said things that triggered people. He highlighted some truth points, you know, partial truths, right? And and so um, uh, that's what he, uh, he did. And that's where, um, you know, that side of things felt like, you know, they could get behind someone who highlighted these things and that people were afraid to say. And, of course, it pissed off the other side. It triggered people and there you go. There's this this fight, which was meant to be. It's meant to happen. I mean, here. I then then I was watching my local news, and then there was this uh, whiny um, UH girl, University of Hawaii girl, saying, how, "How could we elect president that denies climate change?" And and you know, um, I think that was done on purpose too, for him to be a, a denier of climate change. And but the truth is that that girl has no idea that as she's talking. They're, they're dumping massive chemtrails, which are manipulating our atmosphere, and there's no way to even know that climate change is real or not because those operations have been going on for so long, probably as long as she's been alive, you know? And so, yeah, things are changing in the climate, but it, it is it, but is it because our weather has been being it played more likely on a massive scale, unimaginable to most people? That's what it is. I mean, we can't make that a proper assessment. And plus, she's been indoctrinated by school that climate change is real because the schools are owned by the same elite that want this world control down to everything you hear. Again, they want you on these sides that they've already put out there. So what you have is a population of people already crazy, seeing small bits of the truth who have been divided and resonating with one side or the other and with no neutrality. That's what we got going on here. And then each side brewing more and more with hatred each time one side or the other gets in power till explosion point. And that's, I think, where we are pretty close to now, if not already. But um, back to what the that interview with Van Jones, what Van Jones did was actually a good thing, even though they're all crazy, right? But, um, I mean, supporting government in general, which means slavery and mind control, I mean, both sides supported that, right? And supporting a system that rewards you for being a psychopath. But 
the the actual um, thought of sitting down about it's about sitting down and discussing things. Imagine if they were sitting down discussing the real truth. Imagine that. I mean, that would get far, right? It's just it's just like that scenario I talked about just a bit ago with John and Mary and Frank, these imaginary people. Well, what with what if they all sat down? You know what? What if uh, they all actually knew and understood where each of each other was coming from? There'd be no conflict because they know that, you know, oh, Frank, he had to take his cat to the vet, and Mary just wanted to get to dinner on time, and, and Frank or what, John couldn't find his wallet, you know? So, so here we have the crazy systemites. Each side is pinned against each other, and, and I see – I see now that I've had about a what it's been about a week now since the uh elections and uh I see more of the elite plans now. I see what's going on. I it was more effective for them to get Trump in and more conflict than the other way around in some ways. Um you know, what what if they count uh what if they on on December 19th they change it around, you know? Uh or is it January 6th where they count the votes and say something like, well, wait a minute, maybe something's wrong. Wait, Hillary gets in. We got a civil chaos ready to erupt if that happens. And, you know, something's afoot. You can smell it, and something's ready, so let's get prepared. Let's let's get prepared and not get paranoid. That's why I made up the word prepared noise. Be prepared, but don't be – don't be uh, – uh, Prepare. Don't be paranoid to the point where you're, you know, still, you're hiding in a bunker with your your guns and storable food. <laughs> so this is prepared noid part two, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna what we're gonna do here is we're gonna take this survival talk in three stages, and so um kind of three different. Scenarios that progress worse as we go here and what we can do in these scenarios and, you know, just to have more of a ready mind. Last episode was, um, last episode was, uh, was, uh, prepare your mind. Well, this, this episode is, um, this episode is all bases covered. So it's going to give you a little bit more of, uh, uh, more of a, a understanding of what it's like to be prepared. So this is what I call stage one. This is the easy scenario, and most people will survive this. I mean, that is it, you're trapped at your place with no electricity. Your whole city is out of power. So you have shelter. So the first thing to think about is water than food. More likely than more than likely the stores will be closed, but if they're not and, you know, and, and maybe they're running on generators, but if they're not and you got to, then you got to think a little bit more, but let's say they are open then you go and get lots of bottled water and food and they have generators. Good. But remember if the electricity is out, then there'll be no gas pumps. And if you live far away from a store, then you have to take that in consideration. You have to think about that a little more. Now, let's say that the stores are closed, and so water is the first thing you need. And a good source is if you had ice cubes in your freezer and, and 
frozen items. They'll be melted ice. So you want to collect this, you know, into containers. And if it's a foreseeable disaster, then you fill your bathtub up with water. And if not, you know, go for the freezer. But, yeah, like when hurricanes um, come toward us, we have plenty of warning usually. So we all, here in Hawaii, we fill up our, our bathtubs, or some of us do. And uh, remember that your fridge, though, when it's off, you, you, you have to conserve that cool air in there. So don't open it too much or eat the, per you know, you want to eat the perishables right away. But you want to keep everything as cold as possible. Now, if you live in a cold climate and it's winter, you're in luck regarding those items. So, you know, uh, but you're not in luck with heat in that situation. You need a fireplace and wood. And if you don't have it in a cold climate, then you're going to have to go outside and find dry wood. And, you know, you're going to have to be able to do that and bundle up with all your clothing and blankets. You know, it depends on where you live. And, you know, disasters in different climates call for way different preparation. Uh, in this scenario, at least you have your home base, and it's hopefully safe. And so, I mean, here, this is, this is where you get those survival commercials you hear on these radio shows. I, I can hear them now in my head, you know. Get your storable food now, or are you armed and prepared? You know, and I, I, I hate that, really, because that has ruined really being prepared, and, and it's almost like making fun of it. And so people hear that, and they go, oh, listen to these paranoid freaks. Hey, it, just think about it on its face, though. It, by itself, it's not that bad. I mean, it, I think it's wise to have food stored away. I don't. Yes, I should. And, but it's easier said than done. Um, but if you're, you know, thinking about these kind of things, then there's the lost art of canning food. It's a good one to get into, you know. Um, that's something that I would like to take up learning. But it's, it's a great way to, you know, have some th things stored away. Uh, backpacking meals, which I'll get into in a little bit. But those are things you can go online, you know. And say you have meal replacements or protein powders. Those things can store a long time. Um, of course, um, canned foods and stuff. And I think it's ever since Y2K or, or maybe even before you get these radio commercials telling you about the collapse of this or that. And, yeah, it's nice to be prepared in that way. But stage one is as far as things are taken in this route. I mean, you know, staying at home in your bunker, armed and ready. Who the hell has a bunker? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure some do, but... You know, if I had, I own my own house and had the money, well, maybe, you know. Um, but in Hawaii, our average home price, this island here, for a two-bedroom house is 770000 and going up. And, uh, yeah, right. I don't know anybody that owns a home. I'm definitely not going to own a home. So, yeah, I just go from one rental to the next. You know, that's just how it goes. But, uh yeah, if you own your own home and you're really serious, I guess you could build a bunker. But, you know, that's not always going to save you. But you might stay there if it's stage two. So stage two, let, let's say it's a disaster situation. So mm, war, uh, earthquake, fire, flood, hurricane, tornado, maybe even riots, or maybe even martial, martial law takeover, if you can stay hidden. Uh, and... Most of us don't have a bunker, so you got to go. 
So this is stage two. You need to leave your house, all right? Things just got real bad. And so pinning on your vehicle, you have to either fit what you need and can fit in there or just leave right now. And this is when you need a bug-out bag. You need a, a bag for your primary survival stuff. You know, if it's not an immediate disaster, then maybe there's a bag or two of your most valuable possessions that you can grab. I mean, whether it's money, gold, uh, heirlooms, or whatever, sentimental things. These are these are nothing for survival, but things that you can maybe bring with you, and uh, maybe you'll be able to use them again in life. But who knows? But can you fit those things in a few bags and leave? You know, something to think about. And this is where it's important to simplify your life. I mean, if serious shit goes down, you need to be able to just put all that stuff in a few bags. And so why not keep a really tidy place and throw out all your unnecessary crap? You won't believe how many – oh, my God – you know, um, my friend who does solar paneling, he has to go inside people's houses and cements on things, and he tells me about how much junk people have, that their houses, even these filthy rich people, their houses are overflowing with junk that they don't need. That this sits there, cobwebs. So, you know, well, if you're going to think about a situation like stage two, you're going to want to have all that stuff in a certain area so you can just bug out with it if you can. I mean, you know, you may have to ditch your uh, your vintage Star Wars figure collection or, or your baseball card collection, you know? I mean, yeah, if you can fit it, great, but what are you going to do with that, you know? Your big screen TV. I mean, hopefully you ditched that already for your mental health and programming, at, at least the, you know, TV programs itself. I saw this uh I saw this bodybuilder couple recently and I thought, what would they grab, you know? Their weight sets? I need to bring my, my dumbbells and protein powder. Yeah. You know, I, this is funny. But I mean, in this situation stage two, it's time to think about survival, you know? Um what if you don't have a vehicle or or there's there's no gas pumps and you don't have enough gas to get far? You know, what if? it's time to invest in some backpacking equipment. So first of all, you want to have practice with this scenario and equipment. You got to, you got to get out there and use it. So you're not just using it the first time in an emergency situation. I mentioned on the last show that you need to start staking out a safe zone in nature somewhere near you, you know, wherever that is, some kind of sanctuary and somewhere where you, you know is a safe zone hopefully close to where you live. Um, and, yeah, easier said than done, if you live in the middle of New York City or Sao Paulo, Brazil, but, you know, maybe it's time to think about moving somewhere where you can get out. And you know, the things you need to ask is, is it wet, dry, cold, hot? You know, you got to assess the conditions and what appropriate clothing and gear you need to bring for it. So here's a little list that I put together. Um, and uh, hold on a second. I got a little allergies or something. I don't know what, or dust or something, but I've been moved. Well, as I'm moving here, dust is uh, kicking up. But here is a little list that um, I 
put together of things that can help you for uh, a backpacking list, and this will come in handy later. So, uh, of course, you need hiking shoes, you know, proper hiking shoes. Um, you might have to invest a little bit of money to get you something that will endure rugged terrain. Uh, it's worth it in the long run. Shoes are a ripoff. They really are. But, you know, if you can find a decent pair, that's good. And a proper backpack, you know. I, I would get something. It, these days, they make really good backpacks that uh, are lightweight and can handle a lot of stuffing. And if you can get one that's waterproof, pretty good, you know. Um, there are some great ones out there to get. Uh, then you need you need a domain. You need a tent or a hammock. Uh, I would say uh, this depends on what you want. If you're a couple or something, get a tent. But if you're solo, and maybe a little better survival is um, a hammock. Because the hammocks, what they do is uh, you can go where a tent doesn't go. So you could post up between two trees and some rugged terrain where there's no flat ground. Um, that That's an idea uh but um then you need a pad you need something you know to for your back because uh the hard ground and even in a hammock you need a pad too so uh i found a place online gossamer gear and they have um stuff like that um foam pads that are maybe off 30 dollars or so keep you warm um you can also, if you're doing the hammock thing, there's hammock underquilts. you got to think about that, too. The whole hammock thing is, is fairly new, and you can get some pretty good um, accessories for it, but it's not cheap. So, you know, depending on the climate you're in, a down sleeping bag. You want something that uh, even in Hawaii here in, in the winter, I, I still want a down sleeping bag. And a, a lightweight pillow. You know, that's just a comfort item, but good. You know, you, you should, for rain, yeah, tents come with flies, but you might want to get a tarp just to add on for extra rain protection, depending on where you're staying. So when you have a tarp, you need tarp clips, uh, bungees possibly, paracord. Um, paracord is, is a good cord, especially if you're doing the hammock thing. You can put the tent, you know, over the hammock about a foot from your hammock so you have a nice covering and hammock's not right in your face. And then a food bag. So the food bag, you want to figure out what kind of food will pack light and preserve. And I recommend an online site called uh, Mary Jane's Organic. It's not necessarily backpacking food, uh, but they have a variety of dishes, and you can actually just pour hot water in the packet and the bag and, and wait five to ten minutes, no dishes, and you can even reuse those bags. Uh, they're safe to eat out of and heat up. Heat up. So, you know, that's, that's really something. And uh, you want a cook kit. A cook kit, you can buy a variety of stoves out there, uh, propane, gas stoves, that's Good, but I like for lightweight and portability alcohol stoves. So go online and figure out how to make one. I made one out of a tomato paste can, a Fancy Feast cat food can, 
and a carbon fiber wick. That's all I needed. That's it. It was, you know, probably cost me, uh, yeah, it probably cost me like $5. And the alcohol that you use is, uh, uh, well, I use this stuff called heat. It's uh, spelled H-E-E-T. And um, it's, uh, it's, it helps clean out your fuel line in your car. It's real cheap. You can buy it at any place with an auto parts or not even parts, just an um, auto uh, parts section of your store or whatever. Um, And so that stuff, you just need a little bit, and it's your fuel, and uh, it's like $2 for a bottle or something, real real cheap. And then for that stove, you need a wind barrier. Because you don't want the wind to blow out your your heat, your 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 stove. So that can be a variety of things. Uh, but yeah, go online and check out the different types of stoves you can get. And then you want to get a cooking pot. You want to get. Um, I would recommend getting into lightweight things because this is all going to be on your back. So uh, a lightweight titanium pot. I would go with titanium over aluminum because well, aluminum is not too good uh, to mention the Alzheimer's and stuff, but we got that being sprayed on a solid time and all that. And then another thing on the list would be a fire starting kit. Um, that would be, I would put in lighters, matches, waterproof matches, um, Vaseline dipped cotton balls, mm-hmm. wood chips, uh, and... Uh, I would put in a little sawdust or something, and there you go. You have a good start for any fire. And then a clothing bag. Of course, the bag would be nice if you had a waterproof bag. Keep your clothes dry. Um, And, you know, probably not very nice clothes since you're going to bring in backpacking. So, yeah. And then you want a water purification kit. Uh, Get a good filter bag um i didn't write it down on this list there you you can get one for about thirty dollars and uh it comes with a bag and a filter and uh the filter you can actually use as a straw and just suck up any water through that filter and uh they're, they're pretty affordable and they're lightweight and uh, so that that's something. And also I would carry iodine pills as a backup just in case, you know, uh, water filtering, filter pill, water cleansing pills. And uh, maybe some type of seat. You, you know, you want, you want it after a while out there. Trust me, uh, a lightweight little chair or hammock or something. And uh, I would bring at least two water bottles for containers a headlamp, extra batteries, and a medical kit. You want in there, you want in your medical kit bandages, gauze, antiseptic, painkillers, and a, lan- a lantern. You want a lantern, a lightweight lantern, a folding saw, or an axe. I personally like the folding saw a little bit better. A knife, and toiletries. Um, you know, stuff that is always in there. So this is a bag that's always in there, you know, toothbrush, floss, deodorant, TP, etc. you know. 
and uh, anything else that you need for that kind of thing. And extra things, maybe um, sunscreen, bug spray, wet wipes, and uh, a little entertainment, maybe a book, some ganja, psychedelic friends. If you're into, into all that, sure. Maybe a gun for protection against crazy people and wild animals. If not, a spear, bow and arrow, you know, something that you can have for your uh, personal self-defense. You know, even the most peaceful hunter-gatherers carried spears and bows and arrows. So we need to get over that uh, fear of defending ourselves because that's programming too. Uh, But, yeah, you want to – so with this bag, you want to take trips each time and refine this list. You know, backpacking, it can be hard work if you're going up a hill with a pack on your back. But actually, it's a lot of fun once you're there. you got your camp set up. And uh, when you do it, it's a fun way, a uh, fun way to deprogram out there. And I recommend getting into it anyway. It's great. It's great, healthy for anybody to, um, you know, get out in nature. How many people even get out in nature for more than half a day? I know it depends on where you live, but it's true. <sighs> so, um, yeah, uh and this is going to be your bug out bag. It's always ready, except maybe the food bag, but in prep it as much as possible. And this is ready to go. So when you, if you had to bug out, you got that whole backpacking backpack full of that stuff, add in some food, and you're out of there. Yeah. So, um, and with that, prep your body. Stay in shape. Deal with, you know, um, Get stay in shape to deal with the circumstances that could come about. And if you have kids, keep them in shape. You know, it's all good for your health anyway. And, uh, yeah, if shit goes down with time enough, you're ready to go to your safe spot, then you're out. But whatever that may be, hopefully far enough away from the catastrophe. So, of course, your food is only going to last a little while, so hopefully you have enough. And in a situation where you got to leave, well, it could lead to stage three. All right? So stage three, that means you have to leave immediately or you're not at home or something like this, and you don't even have time to grab your bug out bag. So let's just say that. That's stage three. Stuff got real bad now. So whatever happened, you're going to have to learn how to survive in nature. And most important thing that you can do, first of all, in a situation of survival, is have the will to survive. And if you can, have a survival kit with you wherever you go. And it might sound crazy, but it can save your life. So here, um, for, you know, instead of having the bug out bag, you don't have it, check out this survival kit. So here's another list. I know it's kind of boring to go over these lists, but... It'll, uh, you know, you can go back and utilize this information, hopefully. So I got this from a book called, what is it called? SAS Survival Handbook. And so um, this book has a great survival kit, and they say to get a a two-ounce tobacco tin or something of that size. Uh, Now, I, I actually... I'm still working on this right now. I don't see these tobacco tins everywhere, but I don't go to smoke or 
tobacco stores, so possibly, you know, but you don't have to get a tobacco tin, something of that size, all right? And this, this uh, survival kit, you want to have waterproof matches to save space. I uh, would snap off half of the stick, you know. A candle, um, you want to shave it square for packing. Tallow candles, I think that's how you pronounce it, or a tallow, can be eaten in emergency. It's, it's a fat, so, you know, there's more than one use there. You want to get a flint, get a processed flint with a saw striker. And a magnifying glass, small for packing, good for starting fires in the sun, several needles and some thread, fish hooks and line, a selection of different hooks with lead weights, liquid-filled compass. You want to get a flexible saw, small for packing with large rings at the end for handles. Um, now, that's something that I'm on the search for still. I live in Hawaii. We have limited things. What's not, if it's not here on the island, then it's got to be ordered. But, yeah, guess shop online if you don't have it either. Uh, and a medical kit, bandages, antibiotic, uh, you know, doesn't take much space. Water sterilizing tablets, again, those iodine tablets. And it says a condom can make a great, good water bag. Yeah, it sounds disgusting to drink out of a condom, but good if you're surviving. So, And I added in there a Swiss Army knife. I mean, a small one can fit, I'm pretty sure, in that little two-ounce tin. But this little kit, you could keep in your car or wherever and would help you in a lot of disaster scenarios. So, uh, you know, be great. But let's say you don't have that kit and you're immersed immediately into a situation where you have to survive entirely off of nature. Maybe you left your kit in a burning car or crashed in a plane or lost it or never made it, you know, whatever. Then this is stage four. Yes, I, I said there are only three stages, but I lied. It can get worse. Uh, yeah, so this is where you have to have the will to live and be totally dedicated. This is this is serious. I mean, here's some of the survival stresses you will have to overcome in a situation like this. Number one, fear and anxiety. Number two, cold or heat. Number three, thirst and hunger. Number four, sleep deprivation and fatigue. Uh Number five, loneliness and isolation. And number six, possible injuries and illness or pain. All right? So the fitter you are, the better you will survive in a situation like this. And, of course, being mentally, being mentally prepared, like I said on the last show, will help too. All right? So in a situation where you're totally immersed in nature, stage four, and there's nothing, none of your survival things around at all. Just you. You need food, fire, water, and shelter now. And the order of importance will depend on the climate you're in. So um, that can vary greatly. I mean, the need for fire and shelter for a cold climate is immediate. But then the need for water in a desert is immediate. Regardless, Water is the first one you need to get established right away. Uh, the average person can survive three weeks without food, but three days without water. 
and you need to seek a source of water as soon as possible. And that's exactly what I need to to do, too, is have a drink of water. There we go. (laughs) You know, uh, serious stuff here. So, I mean, if there – you need to seek it out. And so um, if it's cold, for example, and snowy, well, that's pretty easy. You can melt some snow somehow, get some water. Watch out for the yellow snow. But if it's rainy – you need to put out catchment containers or whatever you can make. And uh, if there is no water, no streams, or you're in a desert, you need to retain fluids. So things in a situation that extreme, in a desert, no water, you need to avoid exertion. You need to uh, stay in the shade. Don't lie on hot ground. And don't eat as much as possible. I mean, vital organs will take fluid just to digest your food and further dehydrate you. Don't drink alcohol. Don't smoke. Coffee dehydrates. Don't talk. You're going to breathe through your nose and mouth and keep your mouth shut. But you need to look for water. So looking for water, look in valley bottoms. If you're in a desert, look look for patches of green vegetation and, and, and try digging there, you know. Uh, water might be below the surface right there. And so try digging a small hole and let that water collect. In mountains, look for water and crevices. And if you're at a coastline, look for cliffs where fresh water may run off, any area where you can find like that. And if you're near a stream, then you still want to boil your water because there is bacteria in water, in fresh water, like um, leptospirosis, and Girardia, just to name a few, and then there's worse ones, I think, in places like uh, some of the third world places I know of, like people go to Bali and get Bali belly, or, uh, you know, there's some serious bacterias, but, you know, just a few of the bad bacterias, you could drink and then get super sick, and that would totally make your situation worse. So you want to boil this water, and, you, well, we'll get into how to do that, but... um you know, uh, if you're not, if you're in a desert climate, you want to collect dew, especially in desert climates where it's hot in the day and cold at night. You're going to have a lot of dew in the morning. You want to dig a hole and let it collect in clay. Plumes of grass with dew can help you, you know, hydrate your mouth. Um, condensation. So maybe you're not in a desert, but if you find a plastic bag and tie it around a tree branch, evaporation from the leaves will produce condensation in the bag. And uh, if there's animals, they're never too far from water. Mammals and birds, they're always close to water. And you don't want to follow predators and reptiles because they can go longer without water. So don't follow them. But, yeah, uh, also look for flies, bees, and ants. They're never too far from water. And you can get water from plants, you know, cup-shaped plants. Um, Hopefully they're not poisonous, so, um, you know, Get, get to know your plants. Also, bamboo. Bamboo is a great thing because bamboo often collects water in its hollow joints. Plus, you can cook and eat the shoots too. So it's, bamboo is a really useful plant to have around. Or it's a grass, actually. Uh, prickly pear cactus. Those hold water. So if you're in a desert, those are full of moisture. 
Don't drink from saguaro cactus, though. They're they're poisonous. And, you know, if you're just coming down to you eating animals, animals' eyeballs actually have water. I know that sounds disgusting. But when you're in a situation like stage four here, you need water now. And that's just it. So that's water. Now there's fire. And you need to get that for cooking food keeping warm, boiling water. And even I even get cold in our winter here in Hawaii at night. So camping outside without a fire is not good. So you need, you need fire. Well, what if you don't have any matches? You know, well, this is hard, but you need to make a fire hand drill. And, of course, you need dry wood, and it helps if you have a knife because you need a fine pointed stick and a dry piece of wood. And this is a lot of work, but I've done it before myself. See if I can do it, and it can be done. You need to run your hands up and down in a spindle fashion with this this uh, pointed stick on the dry wood, and uh, you want to have grass and twigs nearby, and you need to give it a lot of oxygen to create this fire because your life depends on it, so hopefully that will help, but you need that kind of thing you need to do that vigorous motion up and down in that spindle fashion. Well, that's great if you have dry wood, but what if everything's wet? Then one thing you can do is you need to find dead standing trees and peel off the bark. And it's going to be really hard. If it's wet, though, you have water on your side. And so if it's wet, you should be on the move. You need to be on the move to get to a drier area. So... Um, at least you have that on your side. And that's why you really need a kit with the handsaw. Cutting firewood would help, you know, uh, and a knife to peel off bark. But worst case scenario, you can always just burn a long log and move it into the fire as it disintegrates more. And uh, don't forget you need a windscreen. You need to create a natural wind barrier to keep that that fire keep that fire so there's there then there's food there's there's too much of a list to give you here with this i mean this is but there's many animals fish and plants in so many varied regions and if you're in the snow then it's going to be harder to find animals and this section really requires a guidebook and so um check out this Check out this SAS survival handbook that I have or something of that nature. That's where I got the survival kit from. And it has a a large list of edible plants and animals. And there are also so many poisonous plants and animals. So, you know, here's some work for yourself. Start identifying all of those edible plants where you live. You know, what could you eat? What's in season? So go around where you live and start identifying them. You know, that's good to know. What animals are there? And if you're a vegetarian, well, and you're in stage four, you might have no choice in the matter but to eat meat. It's about survival, not preference at this point. You know, you may have to eat insects. You know, things things got really bad. But I would not eat any mushrooms. I mean, there's too many poisonous varieties. Even mushroom experts sometimes eat the wrong ones and die. You hear about that sometimes. So I wouldn't do that. So food, you want to get yourself 
you want to get yourself educated on what's around you that grows in the in the climate you're in. And then there's shelter. And that's another section where you have so many variations depending on what grows where you live. I mean, if you're not totally in the wild and there's cars nearby, you can get shelter in one, right? So that's good. Abandoned buildings, houses, things like that. And you either need it for warmth or for shade from the harsh sun or cover from rain. And, yeah, possibly all three. You know, you want to build shelters to trap heat. You know, even in a desert where it's, where it's hot in the day, it will cool down at night, you know, and sometimes really cold, you know. Uh, you want logs, big leaves, rocks, possibly caves are great. Make sure there's no wild animals in them, though. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's good to sit. Again, this is a, a regional thing, so it's good to assess what kind of trees and plants are in your area that could work for that kind of situation for shelter. Well, what about stage five? Oh, yes, it even goes there, stage five. Yeah, here's the worst of it all. So let's say you're stranded like stage four, only living off nature, but war has broke loose, and maybe maybe people or even troops are after you. I mean, shit just got real bad. So you you not only need to survive off the elements, but you have to run and fend for your life. So you need camouflage, first of all. Cover your body in mud. And... uh Move at night. Forage at night. You need to collect your food at night as much as possible. Cover your tracks. And if you have weaponry, use it, even if it's sticks and rocks, you know. And the most important thing to consider is getting somewhere safe and somewhere where there's food, water, shelter, and can make a fire and getting away from it. I mean, if it's soldiers, sure, they're trained, but even they won't usually go too far in the wild and live just off of nature, you know? Not even they are trained like that, I don't think, most of them. Or the flip side of stage five is what most people will probably be be in uh, more likely would be that it's in a city with people trying to get you. And at least in a city, you have shelters, and food food may be more abundant, and water can be at least caught in containers, and you have more man-made things. But, um, yeah, I mean, then you're running through a city. And this is when I feel like I'm, I'm getting in like a Hollywood movie scenario here, running through an abandoned city. But you can see this is how bad things could actually get, so why not be prepared? So, yeah, it, it could go to even stage five. But, yeah. Um, Hopefully it never does, and hopefully in your life you you will um, manage to luck out from situations like this. But yeah, things are are uh, kind of unstable. But here's the real foundation of all this. So no matter what, do not fear. Just be prepared. Take what you can from all this information. Just take what you can. Little nuggets, you know. Utilize those lists I just gave you. Uh, the most important thing is. Whatever stage you may be at, one through five, to have a solid spiritual foundation. 
and I talked about this on the last show, and it can't be emphasized enough, really. I mean, God is a scary word to a lot of people. The word has is, is grew a bad name, and, and it's unfortunate. And that's just man being dumb, man destroying the image of God, religions that have tainted the image of an all-encompassing force of good out there. They, you know, and it sucks. That's too bad. But God or the creator or whatever you want to call it is not bad. You know, that's just man being dumb. Uh, the creator is all love. Whatever image you want to put with it, you know, religion or not, it's all love. And if you ask this force to lead you and guide you, you will run into miracle after miracle and great situations and, and just miraculous things will come about. And you will be saved from situations. So you will you will survive. And and that's that's the most important thing you can have for in it when things get bad, you know, knowing that this force is leading guide, guiding you now if you let it, you know? And this will and this will help you people through the crazy times ahead, you know, that you you have this connection to the miraculous universe and the creator and that there is positive beautiful light out there that can help you that that and uh if you want to call it angels that'll guide you you know and so yeah at this point i think everyone can feel that big things are on the horizon so you might as well get prepared now and that will help you in the situations whatever it may be so yeah that you know Stages one through five of this could, and there could be very, very variations of things. At least you know that um, that there's a way to survive. And the most important thing, again, is to have that spiritual connection, that that um, that that link to the higher realms of life. And remember, regular life is insane. So. You know, when all this someday does come crashing down, it's really for our own good in a way. Unfortunately, it has to go through an ugly part. And, you know, the elite who control every aspect of society are not going to let it happen So, in, in the way that I'm talking about. But, yeah, we just need to be prepared. But we don't need to be scared. We just need to be prepared so we can, you know – live out a situation if it gets bad and there's nothing wrong with that so i'm not telling you to go in your bunker with your storable food and guns and canned food and everything i'm just telling you hey no have one foot in one foot out and that's what this series of shows is all about preparanoid this is preparanoid part two all bases covered so you know just going over it all and and there's there's probably some things i've forgotten maybe but um in general, just going over a, a, a large chunk of information, and hopefully you can use it in the future, and hopefully it works out that uh, you can, um, you know, this show can help you in many ways, this series of shows. So, yeah, that, that's what I have to say. Uh, I think I'll leave this at a two-part series, um, 90, episode 90 and 91, Preparednoid. And I'll be giving you one more show before I'll be off the air for a little while doing my thing and everything. So uh, much love.
keep on chanting it down. Don't get caught up and emotionally caught up in all the craziness. Uh, so uh, chant it down, my friends. Much love. Are you awake now? 